Wealth creation is not for us to get rich. It is for us to create different kinds of wealth so people and nation can flourish in a global scale. Welcome to the show where we talk about topics in modern Christianity that are so challenging, they require us to be grounded in something much bigger than ourselves. If you're here, you have likely found yourself hungry for something deeper. You want to find answers for how to hold on to your faith after seeing religion be twisted in a way that has somehow become bad news instead of good. I'm here for all of that too. I'm here for the spiritual wrestle, and I'm here to learn more ways that people are finding hope in a God that interrupts our norms and expectations. You might be asking, can business really have a kingdom effect? Why combine business and missions? Your wondering is valid. Statistically, business has had a very harmful effect on vulnerable communities. More than one third of all global profits are made in forced labor exploitation, including nearly $8 billion generated in domestic work by employers who use threats and coercion and pay little or no wages. Business can and has been used for so much evil, but it also has the power to be used for so much good. It's through good business that financial burdens are lifted safe working conditions are established, and authentic relationships are formed. That is why we are on mission at Kindred Exchange to empower entrepreneurs around the world and to equip our community with the resources they need to begin to shift the way they approach mission work. Join us as we pave the way for a better form of impact, one that is rooted in humble partnerships and Kindred Exchanges. To learn more or become a monthly donor today, go to kindredexchange.co slash donate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Upwardly Dependent Podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you today a friend of mine via really all over the world. I had to ask him this morning where he was even joining us from. Uh, Mats Tunahag is here with us, and he is a speaker, a writer, and a consultant from Sweden who has worked in more than half of the countries of the world. Um, he's a global thought leader for business's mission and the movement there. Uh, he's been doing this for over 20 years. He is the chair of BAM Global and has led two global BAM think tanks. Uh, Tunahog has served as a senior leader in BAM for both the Lausanne movement and uh, the World Evangelical Alliance and was the convener of the global con uh, consultation on the role of wealth creation for holistic transformation. We're going to talk about all of this today. Uh, Tunahog serves part-time with a global investment fund that helps small and medium enterprises to grow in size and holistic impact in the Arab world and in Asia. We met in Nashville, but I know that Mats, you are usually uh, traveling quite extensively throughout the year and so grateful for the work that you have provided to the BAM space specifically, the businesses mission space. Uh, so I am so excited to jump in and talk with you today about your work and what you've learned from your many years of service. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, uh, I have been uh, reviewing your most recent work this week, um, but I have I have your book, uh, The BAM Global Movement with me. This is this is about four years old, am I right? So, um, yeah. and you have great resources on your website uh, and I am just thrilled to share to our listeners something that 
may not be a part of their worldview as they think about missions, as they think about ethically engaging with people who have yet to be exposed to the gospel before. Or maybe they are business leaders and they haven't quite figured out how to blend their 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 faith with their practice. So um, goodness, uh, are you good if we just go ahead and, and jump into these questions? Yes, keep going. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I am, I am excited for, for people to hear your thoughts. One thing that, one thing that I would love to start with is just kind of a foundation of how we distinguish business's mission from a broader movement that's going on for several decades around the concept of faith and work. So we have a faith and work movement, lots of conversations about how we are people of faith in the workplace. How do you distinguish that from the definition of business's mission and what the particular goals of that movement are? Good question. Um, faith at work is sort of a broader umbrella that uh, pertains to all Christians in all ages, in all cultures and, and countries. Um, it is, you know, do what Paul says in Colossians, whatever you do, do do it as unto uh, the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, in using a Hebrew word, um, which is often used in what we call the Old Testament, avodah, avodah is a word that is used interchangeably for three things, for work, for worship, and, and service. And too often throughout the centuries in many Christian uh, contexts, we make a distinction, a separation between worship is what I do on Sunday and work is what I do on Monday through Friday. And in between, I try to uh, serve God and, and people the best uh, I can. In a, in a Jewish concept, it's not three separate things. These are all interrelated, interconnected, and they, they overlap and they interact. To work is to worship. To work, worship, and serve God and people are, are interconnected like God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, distinct but never separate. Uh, so that's the, the, the broader uh, movement, thinking through what does it mean to be a Christian 24-7, wherever I am, whatever I do. Then business as mission is thinking uh, further under that broader umbrella what does it then mean uh, to do business uh, to be involved in business was it what is avoda to work worship and serve as we run a a business and the business as mission movement you know is based on the concept which combines what is the purpose of business and what is our mission, our mission dear? What is God's mission for, for humanity and for our role in his mission, in his sort of meta-narrative? And business's mission is then asking, well, what the purpose of, of business must be more than making money. Because if it was all about money, hey, drug trafficking is very profitable. But then we say, oh, oh no, 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 drug trafficking, that's not... Um, good is it is it's against our values a lot of people whether christians or not will say no thank you we don't do that but implicit in that reaction resistance against doing drug trafficking or human trafficking is some set of values it's against our values so 
in business as mission, we're saying that, well, what are our values? What values should we embrace and apply into our standard operating procedures? So in the business as mission movement, we looked at biblical values, not individual Bible verses, but because a Bible verse or two can take you in any direction and even in a very wrong direction. But what are biblical themes and, and values? Uh, and what does that mean as we shape our businesses for God and, and for people? And a unique contribution in the global business mission movement is making sure that the great commission value principle is embedded in our business to make Christ known among all peoples. There's this global thrust um, a, a part of, of business as mission. So faith at work, work, faith at work in, in business, but particularly looking at the business as an instrument for transformation and who can fine tune that instrument for God and for people. Well, it is people who owns and run businesses. So we have a specific focus on business, business people and and owners and operators of businesses. So great to think through what it means to be a a business that is not just looking at what was defined in in the early 90s, I believe, the, the triple bottom line. And I know that there's been some some pushback on that phrase. You know, how do we make sure that our businesses are taking care of people, the planet, and are making a profit? Um, but you have have brought in a fourth component to talk about how businesses are really, they should be looking at a quadruple bottom line. If we are people who are using the Great Commission as a, a motivator and a compelling piece of who we are as we design workplaces that are good for others, how would you say that in ancient theology, going back to that that Hebrew tradition, the, the the person of God as he is a missional God, how does that lay a foundation for a quadruple bottom line, bringing in that faith component into an, an, a faith-inspired business? Yeah, I mean, the triple bottom line acknowledge that there are, uh, that businesses have uh, several stakeholders, not just the owners, um, but other stakeholders like um, staff and clients, customers, suppliers, the physical environment, and, and that's all good. And those are all actually biblical uh, principles. You know, the, the, the CSR um, principles, as it were, is also a very biblical thing. You, you know, you love God and love your, your neighbor and what is good for your neighbor and who is my neighbor in business? Well, of course, it is the owners, the operators, the staff, the suppliers, the customers, the clients, the competitors, the tax authorities, the family, and all that. So recognizing uh, that there are multiple bottom lines and multiple uh, stakeholders, um, BAM is a part of that broader uh, movement that does exist also in the secular arena, as, as it were. Uh, but... Uh, we also need to look at uh, not just what's happening in the business world at large, but, uh, you know, uh, we need to be true to our our faith and, and our roots. And we, we need to be deeply uh, 
rooted uh, in our Judeo-Christian faith. And reasons for that, of course, uh, you know, a tree that uh, should bear fruit year after year, generation after generation, is to be deeply rooted. And if you want to build a big skyscraper, you start by digging deep. <laughs> And if you want to fly far, yeah, you need a long runway and a a big airplane. Takeoff takes time, long, much longer than a Cessna. But this is we want to fly far with a lot of stuff, and that's why we're digging deep. and And our roots are are Jewish, um, and you know we tend to forget that Jesus was not a Christian; he was a, a Jew. <laughs> and and so we mustn't neglect our our roots and of course the roots are there's only one god um and then of course as as we learn through jesus christ christ is lord uh, curios christus you know so if christ is lord he's either lord of all or not lord at all and it, in some circles in 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 our, my generation you've been singing the song he is lord he is lord Good song, by the way. But what does that mean on Monday morning as I run my business? You know, how do we take our, our Sunday talk into a Monday walk? And we can never understand uh, the role and meaning of business unless we then go through uh, the Bible from Genesis 2 uh, to Revelation and beyond. And there is another Jewish concept, of course, tikkun olam, tikkun olam, which means repairing the world, repairing the world. That is making the observation that things are not as they ought to be. And then work with God, not just with ourselves as, okay, we're going to change the world because let's ask it together. No, this imply that working with God, co-create with God towards a world as it should be tikkun olam and that's exactly the lord's prayer the lord's prayer is a tikkun olam prayer may my business be like you want it to be may your kingdom come in my business may your will be done as i work with my staff <clears throat> and so we we need to see those principles that are biblical and there are ancient uh, if we're going to last for the long haul and not just be a, a trend of some sort. I, uh, in, in your talking, it made me refer back to something I highlighted actually, even just in the introduction of your, of your book, uh, BAM Global Movement. Um, and you said, don't think in boxes, saturate the entire company in humanity. And, and I think you're speaking to the fact that our, our businesses, yes, are are there for profit making and lasting, but but they are they are made up of people, and people are are equivalent to souls as well, right? And so our interaction with each other is is an interaction with the divine in the way that we're created, and 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 recognizing our responsibility to be co-creators with God that He's invited us into that. There may be some misconception around the BAM movement in that originally, in, in my understanding, it was focused on the 1040 window and being a really strategic way to enter into countries that were 
uh, between the degrees of 10 degrees and 40 degrees latitude in the Eastern hemisphere, right? Where a lot of, a lot of uh, individuals from the West were not able to enter, um, maybe a bit hostile to Christianity, 97 has been a number thrown around of the world's uh, what some people call the unreached people groups. Um, we could debate even that phrase and terminology, but, um, you know, a strategic way to enter into countries with the gospel through business. Mm-hmm. We are sitting here in, in 2022, and I love that you nod to the fact that hopefully years from now, people will look back on this phrase, bam, and be like, oh, that was cute. <laughs> Somebody thought that was a good idea. Um, but what have you, uh, you've been doing this. I mean, you are one of the originators of this phrase and this movement. So what have you seen as the biggest shifts in this movement over the last 25 years? And and is that still a way to define business as mission, looking at the 1040 window? Yeah, and it is, maybe we should, I should complete, uh, you know, talk about the four bottom lines, quadruple bottom lines, you know, they having a financial, social, and environmental impact, you know, people, uh, people, planet, and profit. Sorry, I forgot that for a moment. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Then, you know, purpose, you know, bis- uh, you know businesses are uh, to serve people, right? Uh, align with God's purposes, uh, and be good stewards of the planet and make a profit. So God's purposes is again is the sort of the fourth bottom line, recognizing that uh, we're not just physical beings; we are spiritual beings, and you know, and we were made by God for God. Um, and as Saint Augustine expresses, you know, we we can't really find peace and rest with ourselves and be ourselves. Some Till we find rest within him, with him. And uh, that is, again, trying to be consistent, having an integrated life as a Christian in, in business. What does that mean as I run my business? And that fourth bottom line, you know, making Christ known among all people, seeking the spiritual welfare of people too, um, that, of course, also relates to what some people would call the 1040 window you know arab world asia uh, part of that geography where there is actually a a convergence of of many needs because bam we want to do like jesus and that meet the needs of the people and if you look at jesus he consistently and constantly met the needs of the people who came to him and he never told anyone you have the wrong kind of need so he ministered to physical needs, to social needs. He dealt with the tax issues. He he was talking to people who were grieving. He, he dealt with judicial issues. And he also answered spiritual questions. So it was this holistic approach. So, of course, then BAM is concerned about the Great Commission to all peoples. And especially in areas where there are dire financial, social, environmental, and spiritual needs. And we still are. And we must never lose that focus. So it is right. In the beginning, that was the talk of the town. And it still need to be a a focus and a primary focus. Because um, most of us, you and I, Lauren, most people on this planet 
we are tend to be local. We prefer to stay home. Yeah, we may want to try to do some travel, holiday travel and stuff like that. But it is something within us as human beings. We want the things that are familiar, comfortable, um, and that is to stay home with our own family, own culture, own nation, uh, own cuisine, own language, and so forth. And in biblical language, that is sort of Jerusalem. You know, the Bible talks about going from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of, of the earth. Now, Jerusalem is always the default mode for most people, whether the Christians or not. Stay home. So you never have to encourage default mode because default is default by default. Default is default by default. So, you know, if we don't keep pushing, we will stay in Jerusalem. The same thing when it comes to marketplace ministries. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of marketplace ministries all over the world. And some of them are a lot older than the modern day BAM movement. But 95 plus percent of them are still in Jerusalem doesn't make them bad or wrong it just means default mode has kicked in it's the easy thing it's our it's a comfort zone uh, and that's where we most of us operate so we, bam says well that's good but how do we ensure that we are true to our calling to christ calling to us to do business among all peoples all nations with a special heart for the poor and the needy. <clears throat> and so we mustn't forget that. So yes, you can do business for God and for people anywhere in the globe, but default mode must be challenged. That, uh, that default mode is, is, is a, good, a good phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and one that maybe we have, we have idolized those who have been willing to go and do something different um, and still yet, and I'm going to speak from a Western context here, in, in Western churches, it has felt that we have elevated those in church leadership who have been successful businessmen mostly um, and, and, and asked them to lead our churches because we have embraced uh, an industrialization, almost in a commercialization of faith in the West. Um, and, and still, when we are engaging with others, especially from uh, less resourced contexts, we want to we want to be these humanitarian actors. It feels uh, in their lives rather than being individuals who really promote wealth creation. Friends, there is one company whose products and practices I regularly sing angelic praises. Able is committed to the very best models of ethical supply chains and healing-centered employment. From the cotton used in their products to the way they run the boardroom, I feel confident choosing my Able clothes to wear out of my house each day. I've been a loyal customer for a decade. I love their extended sizes, their leather goods. I am actually looking at three bags of theirs on my coat rack right now. And I love their gold jewelry. I even named my last kid after them. Just kidding. It's a different spelling, but I've seen the backside of Able. I've walked through their design studio, their jewelry workshop, their warehouses. I've even co-led a business workshop with Able's founder, Barrett Ward. So when I tell you I love this company, it is at the top of my list for ethical wearable goods. Shop online and use the code UPWARD15 for a discount on anything you like. That's 
UPWARD15. Wear it with pride and use your purchasing power to force exploitative businesses to change their company practices for good. You talk a lot about wealth creation as a part of this BAM movement. How does that what is that? How is that different than humanitarian charity type work where we are transferring a gift to one person rather than developing the wealth that exists in that country? And and how can churches be thinking about business as a way to actually promote kingdom values in other parts of the world? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, helping people and, and Americans are very generous even statistically speaking in terms of giving <laughs> foundations and churches and and that's very very commendable and and many of us around the world have many things to learn from the Americans in that kind of generosity um, but uh, we want to help not just give now and if relief and development was the answer uh, to lifting people and nations out of poverty. Sub-Saharan Africa should be prosperous by now. But we know for a fact that relief and development has not lifted people and nations out of poverty. At the same time, in my generation, the biggest lift out of poverty in the history of mankind has happened in our lifetime. And it did not happen through relief and development work. It happened through business, through creating wealth, and especially through the SME sector, the small and medium enterprise uh, sector. In China alone, half a billion, 500 million people or more have been lifted out of poverty since the late 70s, not through aid, but through trade. So poverty is an issue, but sometimes we ask the wrong question. Too often it's being asked, how do we fight poverty? Instead, we should ask, how do we create wealth? And that is a question we asked in this global consultation on the role of wealth creation for holistic transformation of of people and nations. Now, when we say the term wealth, in English, there's all kinds of connotations going up. And wealth is a tricky word, actually, in different languages, because so often it's thought of as, oh, money, making people rich, or the wealthy, the 1%. Now, that is a, a very limited view on wealth, and also it's not a biblical view on, on, on wealth. Um, you know, you can be... Uh, financially wealthy, but spiritually poor. You can be financially wealthy, but have no friends, socially poor. So we know that different kinds of wealth, financial wealth, social wealth, spiritual wealth, intellectual wealth, cultural wealth. We also know that businesses are some of the best wealth creators, different kinds of wealth that exist. And the Bible talks about wealth in, in, in three ways. Um, and two are good and one is bad. The bad one is hoarding. It is like, I want wealth for me, myself. I want to get rich. 
I want to have more and more stuff. And I preferably also want to show it off to other people. And that's Bible is very clear. That is wrong. The second aspect is, you know, sharing of wealth to give, to give to the poor. That is encouraged, that's admonished, that is commendable. Absolutely. But there's never any wealth to be shared unless it has been created. And that's the third point. And that's often the missing point, both in our conversations and also in our giving. We're happy to give money to a charitable project, good, but we should be equally happy to invest in BAM businesses that create wealth and long-term solutions with dignity. Because aid never gives dignity, jobs do. And, and that's where sort of wealth creation comes in. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, there is this admonition uh, and, and, and context uh, to wealth creation, where God actually tells the people of Israel that they should be involved in creating different kinds of wealth because I have given you the gift to create wealth. So wealth creation is the gift from God that we are to use. And if you look at that chapter, the context is, I give you this gift to create wealth. And remember, I am the Lord. And it's in the context of covenant. So everything ultimately belongs to the Lord. And then we come back to this whole thing, the fourth bottom line, you know, we're, and, 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 and stakeholders. God is the ultimate stakeholder. He's the owner of my, my business. And yeah. he tells me, that I should create wealth. And then it also says, you should do that in remembrance of the covenant, which is, I will bless you as you create businesses and nations will prosper so you can be a blessing to other nations. So wealth creation is not for us to get rich. It is for us to create different kinds of wealth so people and nation can flourish in a global scale. That's why wealth creation is absolutely important. That's so good. And I think really critical as globalization continues to influence the way that we think about the world, the way that we engage with our, our global neighbors. I love how you share that with business's mission. It's, it's being from everywhere to everywhere. It's not from the West to the rest, right? So we are talking about a multinational, a multi-generational, a multi-ethnic worldview that is really informing the progress of a, a global movement. Um, and, and also it's polycentric. It's coming from countries all over the world and, and, and moving out. So um, why, why is this important as, as we talk about the future of where, where, this BAM movement is going? Uh, yeah, if you look at the BAM movement, I mean, the, the concept that has been developed through this think tank process over 20 years now, engaging 500 people from over 500 people from about 50 different nations, resulting in 30 reports, the BAM manifesto, the wealth creation manifesto. These are the result of a global uh, conversation, recognizing that there's a global church, there are Christians in business everywhere, and that we 
need to think bigger. It's a little bit like you know strategic resource allocation. You know, if you're going to meet the needs of the world, we can't just think, well, I guess we as Swedes have to do it. <laughs> God has people and businesses and all kinds of resources uh, all over the the globe, and um, so so that's why it is important. And you know, the biggest um, BAM networks in the world are not Western at all. They're, they're found in in Asia. Um, America has a fantastic publicity machine, secular and Christian. And, and so you hear a lot about BAM coming out of, of the US and in English, and, and that's all good. But that's not a reflection of, of the global BAM movement. So if you Google business as mission, you get a lot of hits. But you only get hits of those who use English and decide to publish themselves on the web. <laughs> so good. Now, so there are, you know, we operate in over 20 different languages. And some of the biggest band movements in the world, they operate in Korean, in, in Bahasa, Mongolian, and, and, and so forth. And you can go on and on. So why is it important to, you know, have these uh, multinational, multi-ethnic uh, engagement? Well, it goes back again to uh, what is business as, as mission. Um, you know, and we record this uh, just before Christmas, and, and Christmas is the incarnational story. You know, God became man. God didn't send, a, you know, a, a text message or an Instagram or something. He became one of us. And business is often thought about as transactional, and there are transactions in business, you know, money, goods, services, and all that, and that's fine. But business as mission is not just transactional, it's incarnational. Because we are the witnesses as we do businesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the, of the earth. And to be truly incarnational, we need to live and understand different cultures and languages. And that's why it has to be from everywhere to everywhere and can't be from the West to uh, the rest. And that's, of course, also one of the encouraging uh, signs that, yeah, it is a polycentric movement. Um, and uh, and they had different centers. It's also polyglot. Glot means language. It speaks many different languages. And it's polydirectional. It goes from everywhere to everywhere. Well, I, I love how you are are talking about this. I remember Mats when I was living in in Southeast Asia, we were we were the minority as as individuals from the United States there. And there were people from countries all over the world who had decided to move in to this nation, learn the culture, learn the language, and live amongst people who were different than them uh, with a with the hope of of spreading good good news. But I remember learning so much from the Korean churches there, uh, so many, so many wonderful worldviews that were informing and uh, the work that we were doing. But honestly, um, I think it's it's easy for people from the West to, for, to forget that Jesus didn't speak English and that the Bible wasn't originally written in English. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, with all of the critiques out in the world right now around missions, very valid. That's why we're having this podcast so that we can address some of those critiques uh, with with critiques around, around business and, and capitalism. Also, 
things that I like to talk about, but what are, what are things that are giving you hope when we look at like a worldwide consortium of interest on the topic of commerce and wealth creation and holistic development? What is something that is giving you hope right now? Um, ultimately, uh, our hope is in, in God, uh, because I don't want to just be sort of resort, retort into some kind of positive thinking or being an optimist. You know, our, our, our hope is in God, and God is at work. And then there are definitely um, hopeful signs in this move of God around the world uh, when it comes to business. And yes, there we are humans, you know. It's, it's human to to fail and make mistakes uh but we shouldn't repeat old ones we if, if we are to do mistakes let's do new fresh ones and and admit that you know uh, we have done mistakes both in business and and in missions um and I, th I think the business as mission movement as we see it emerging and growing today has learned from some of the past mistakes um, and becoming less transactional and more incarnational and thinking how businesses can be a, a tool an instrument that can serve god and people and those hopeful signs that we see is that today we can talk about a global movement we couldn't do that 25 years ago uh, and the fact that we have a movement is a movement is is related to that we actually have a common language uh, through the think tank processes we have come to a a consensus as what do we mean by business what are biblical views on business looking at business from a theological missiological ecclesiological strategic economical global futuristic aspects and there's wisdom in the council of many so the fact that um, any movement, whether you, you can study the civil rights movement, the abolition movement, they, they all created a common understanding in terms of mission and values. They had a common language. Uh, and we've seen a, an exponential growth in the movement. And in the movement, we have four constituencies that are, are involved, uh, four main constituencies. One is, of course, is business and that whole business ecosystem. If we go back about 25 years or so, we could talk about BAM businesses in the dozens. Today, we can talk about BAM businesses in the tens of, of thousands and uh, in the SME sector and, and beyond. And that's a hopeful uh, sign. Another constituency um, is, of course, academia, which you <laughs> relate to. You know, today there are countless of master and doctoral theses coming out of different academic institutions from all over uh, the world. There are so many businesses, business programs, MBA programs, universities now teaching business as, as mission. And that is setting the stage for generations to come. You used previously the word multi-generational. Well, we are imparting a, a concept, a worldview that is <clears throat> going to help set the stage for, for generations to come. And that's another hopeful sign. Uh, mission agencies, we talk about mission and mission agencies you know, are, are burning for this great commission thing. And this is why they are important to be part of the movement to make sure we don't default into our default mode, <laughs> that they make sure we keep moving globally 
centrifugally. And and if we go back 25 years, you, you know, uh, this was not embraced or understood or practiced by mission agencies. Today, basically all of the oldest and the biggest mission agencies in the world, in evangelical world, have embraced and are engaged in business as mission from, from their capacity and competence. Another hopeful sign. And churches, churches are also embracing this. And uh, seminaries are slowly <laughs> picking this up. But this is important also uh, for, for the movement um, long-term that we hear sermons of the theology of work, avodah, tikkun olam. <laughs> Uh, that we hear sermons on, on theology of business and profit and all that. So the churches are there to equip the saints to service, the business saints to service in the marketplace. So this exponential growth is um, uh, it's encouraging. And the fact that there is a, a movement, um, and I'm using that in the sociological term, <laughs> not just people misuse or abuse or don't understand what it is, but it is truly a, a, a movement. And if you want to study movements, which I encourage people to do, you know, study the abolitionist movement, the civil rights movement, the suffragette movement, the anti-apartheid movement, and so forth, and see how they created something that was much bigger than one organization or many organizations. They actually moved together because they, they shared a vision, mission, and values, and they had stickability. <laughs> they, because these things uh, are intergenerational, and and it takes time, but God is not in a hurry, and we're walking with Him. I'm going to take that with me today. God is not in a hurry, and something else that you said is that. Um, God is, uh, or Jesus never told anyone that their, uh, their needs, they had the wrong needs. <laughs> I'm going to carry that with me. Mats, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for your spirit, the way that you address these conversations with so much humility, the way that you engage a global church and, uh, and global a group of people who are committed to this movement in such a beautiful way. Uh, you and the work that your wife has done as well with Freedom Business, uh, and, and the alliance there, We're, I'm just so grateful and grateful for the ways that your lives have poured out to uh, inform inform all of us in the ways that we should be engaging um, at the global level. So thanks for your time today. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you. They can find more information, of course, on bamglobal.org, bamglobal.org. Um, that's, you, that's where you can find all the BAM think tank reports, the BAM manifesto, the wealth creation manifesto. Um, there's also businessasmission.com, businessasmission.com, which is the biggest online resource library in the world. And then there's also matstunahog.com, uh, which has BAM material in 23 languages and counting. That's great. Thank you, Mats, so much. We appreciate you so much and and know that this conversation will bless so many people thank you thank you so much for listening in and we are always eager to hear from you as you process these nuanced topics shoot me an email at lauren at kindredexchange.co or find me on instagram at upwardly dependent 
Of course, I always welcome your honest reviews on whatever platform you are listening to this podcast, or you can engage with us on our Kindred Exchange Instagram at kindred.exchange. Just do me one favor. As we process and grow together, stay rooted in truth that you know is absolute. And that is the fact that we are finite beings and therefore rely on something much bigger than ourselves. That's what the Upwardly Dependent Life is all about. One million thank yous to our amazing podcast team. Susan Knox is our podcast manager, Kate Kim, our post-production editor, and Abby Littlefield, our incredible producer. Music written and recorded by Grant and Sarah Goodman and produced by Elijah Hester.